Dear listener, it's Monday morning, the dreaded beginning of the work week, and Matt and I have some advice for you to make it through the next five days on this mini-episode of The Working Experience. Enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleep. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, and thank God it's Monday. We're in the midst of a, a viral pandemic. Yeah, I'm going to make the most of it, though. I'm going to swoop in and buy a bunch of cheap stock. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Everybody else is in doom and gloom, <laughs> and Maddie's coming in. I'm coming in. I'm always, hey, we here at The Working Experience, we recognize business opportunity in everything, right? Absolutely. We're, we're going to, we're actually in the, um, we're in the midst of coming out with branded hand sanitizer and, and TWE uh, masks for everybody. And soap too. Oh, soap. and soap, right. And this is, this is all guaranteed yeah. 100%, 100%. immunization from the coronavirus. Yeah. There's, you know, we're, we're still working it out with the lawyers and all that. Lot of, oh, of course, of course. Look, the lawyers are involved. The scientists are involved. We're still running some tests. But what we've seen so far is extremely promising. Actually, I'm getting a text from my lawyer right now saying to shut up and stop guaranteeing <laughs> this, this ivory soap that you've just carved TWE on. I'm like, hey. Look, I'm a businessman. I seize opportunities, right? I'm like, seize and listen on this Monday morning. That's what you got to do. Yes, your stock portfolio is probably down 25, maybe 30%. You're crying when you're looking at your 401k. Matty K's took a hit. I got to tell you, I may have to switch back to domestic cheese for a while. That's no more more brief for me. (laughs) I think everyone took a a bit of a hit. Hey, we all have to make Um, sacrifices. I might have to switch back to a a domestic brand of cheese. For for not, not permanently, obviously. I need my foreign cheese. But we all have to pull together, John, to make sacrifices. You know? Exactly. You might have to go American. You might have to go. Uh, what is it? Land Lakes? Ooh. Or is Land Lakes expensive? I well, I think for American cheese, maybe. You know what is absolutely foul? Speaking of cheese, is the I don't know. I used to love these as a kid. You know the individually wrapped slices of like crap. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's terrible. It is like plastic. Yeah, it's plastic. It's that's craft, right? Craft American. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's bad. Uh, big shout out to Mark, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. What's his name? Mark Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, he is going to pay his all his employees, the people who work at the stadium and all of that. He's going to pay them for the next four months, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, 
Yeah, get the NBA shut down. They uh, they shut down the NCAA tournament. NHL shut down. Uh, well, I guess the games for March Madness are going to go on. They're going to play to empty stadiums. Is that still true? No, no, no. It's canceled. Done. Done. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, the NBA. I mean, this is like hundreds of millions of dollars. And as somebody was pointing out today uh, on Twitter, it was like, you know, I don't feel badly for the owners. They're, they have billions of dollars. But you're talking about vendors, you know, every related, the, the people sell hot dogs, people sell beer, just people who work there, all the support staff and all of that is like, they're going to just take a huge hit. And he's hoping that Mark Cuban kind of set the bar high so other owners will at least try to take, I could say money coming out the ass in the NBA. I mean, it's ridiculous. That they they do. I mean, they're also going to lose a significant amount of money, but you're right. They, they're they not starving for cash. I mean, if you have a billion dollars in the bank and you lose $50 million, that sounds like a huge amount, but it's it's not. I mean, <laughs> out of a billion dollars, you're still going to live. You'll be, you know, you can pay your rent. And probably yeah, you're you're on a, you're on another level. Get a box it, it, it hurts, but you can still live off that fifth uh, that five hundred million. Probably, <laughs> you'd probably muddle through somehow. It's amazing how people's perspectives get skewed. The, the more money they have, like Tom Brady haggling over like twenty or twenty three million dollars. You know how much money this guy's made in the last twenty years? Like, what is three million dollars? Oh, yeah. It's ego, baby, ego. And, uh, well, that's how the working experience goes. We, we just got to be better than the next guy. It's all about something wrong with your well, beverage over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> tasting my beverage. It tastes um, tastes like there was some Lysol sprayed in there, some disinfectant. <laughs> that's, so, that's to keep you corona-free. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely some disinfectant. I, uh, yeah, I don't really get into the whole disinfecting everything. I mean, I wash my hands, you know, that's about as much as, as I can do. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the financials, just, you know, people like telling people just to stay home from work, you know, for some people they can telecommute for other people who work at like McDonald's, they're not getting paid any money. No, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. Um, and you know, there, I don't know if you saw Trump last week, uh, a little address to the nation. Did you see it? No, I, I was going to say though, it's not a troublesome situation. He said everything was fine. What are you talking about? Well, he actually, I mean, he read off a script, but he actually, um, you know, he actually came off more presidential and acknowledged that this was a big issue. Um, and he was gonna, I think it's the 30 day ban traveling from Europe that he, he suggested a payroll tax, um, and a a whole bunch of other things, but the markets didn't necessarily like what he was, what he was dishing. They they dropped a payroll tax cut, which payroll tax cut upon examination really doesn't do much of anything for anybody that's going to be impacted by this like it it doesn't really well it's it's a bit of relief um for upper middle class people is what i heard wealthier i mean what they what they want to do is um they're just not doing enough and it's you know 
it's going to impact a lot of people. Even if you don't get the virus, you're impacted. You're affected by this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. If I mean, you just take like a high school, you know, I don't know. Take a high school. Take like the the sports that kids play. I mean, they're not as big as football, but like there's baseball. You know, just the stuff that kind of goes with that, like, I don't know, selling snacks at those games. Like they're not going to, you know, obviously they're not going to do that because, you know, there's no, uh, there's nobody there to buy them. And I mean, for somebody that could probably be like a side hustle they do or something like that, but now that's money they're not going to get. Look at like Uber and Lyft drivers. You know, if people aren't going out of the house much, then, you know, they're not using Uber and Lyft as much and. So, obviously, there well, are... Well, it, it, it filters down, too. It's like, you know, I'm sure less people are riding, like, the subways and mass transit. You know, the, the only safe place could be your car. The traffic on the Mass Pike this morning, uh, people's drive time has been cut in half this week because there's so few... Oh, because everyone's just, yeah, everyone's just uh, hunkering down in the house. Yeah, which for me and my line of work is not an option i mean like we can't we're not set up to do any kind of virtual classroom so well you know, where are you guys at are you uh are you on the brink of closure or no we haven't really, i mean they canceled a bunch of events um but they haven't said anything about closure i haven't really heard of any cases there was like one person in the the area who had traveled somewhere but it hasn't really impacted i mean I, people talk about it but i haven't noticed anyone really being um that panicked by it although the other not today but the other day there were a ton of people absent like teachers a lot of teachers were absent probably because you know i don't know if they're some districts have closed so they may they may have had to stay home with their kids i mean what do you do if the elementary school closes like what do you do with your kids yeah, it's it's questions. a big, yeah, it's a big issue, you know, especially if like you're, you know, let's say you're a nurse or a doctor, you gotta, you know, go to the hospital to treat these people, and you're, you know, your seven year old's home from school. What do you, what do you do? Yeah, or you work as a, a waiter or a waitress, and your boss is like, well, you don't get sick time, so if you don't show up, you're gonna get fired. And it's like, well, well, we at the working experience, we have a solution. It's to keep on hustling. We hustle. I mean, we're always we hustle and we grind. I got my fingers on a lot of pies. <laughs> is it open? There's so many opportunities that the coronavirus opens. <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, you know enough gloom and doom. Let's try to look on the bright side of this pandemic. Uh, you know, there's definitely like hoarding uh, hoarding hand sanitizer. How about that? That's a good side hustle. Right. Uh, I think that uh, th there was, you know, Amazon's trying to crack down on it, but someone who was selling a four pack of uh, hand sanitizer for like 122 bucks. That sounds something right up our alley. Totally. Totally. Uh, however, I would say just wash your hands. It's the same as hand sanitizer. Same thing. Just same wash thing. your hands. Like anybody who's paying that much money for hand sanitizer, I don't know what to tell them. Uh, you know, take a shower, <laughs> wash up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I but... see our uh, branded uh, 
face mask is just like as soon as someone sneezes into it it just folds like a cheap tent it's just you know like a like wet toilet paper it just explodes outward that's all it is it actually does more harm than good right right because it blows it back into your face and then it crumples to the ground it's just a couple of sheets of toilet paper yeah that's it that's really all it is to be, but we did take a sharpie and we wrote T W E on it, so that's pretty nice. Did yeah, by hand. so it's branded. You know, unfortunately, there are people who honestly do like um, take advantage of these situations. Like I, I'm forgetting when people were, uh, it had something to do with gas, gasoline. Like people were, they were gouging people basically on the price and uh, like. Whenever there's a hurricane or an earthquake or something. Oh, was that during Sandy? Hurricane Sandy? Yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah. And then hotels were gouging people. And it's like, couldn't you go the other way and say, listen, we're going to cut rates in half because we know these people need a place to stay. But for some people. Well, that I mean, I I feel like that's what the administration needs to do. They need to come out and be like, look free tests you're not going to be charged if you think you have symptoms come in you know you don't worry about insurance and um there was no no mention of that well i think the states have to handle that i mean there's you know asking the federal government to try to do that i think you know yeah there should be yeah but the federal government could could um could pick up the bill oh sure yeah yeah but you know i think in in towns and cities and states like the mayor of Boston or the mayor of the town where I live, um, they have to be kind of proactive with that stuff too. I mean, I, I identify myself as a liberal, but in a time like this, when time is of the essence, which the federal government is not good at addressing things in a timely fashion, they tend to move at a snail's pace, and, and rightly so in many circumstances. But do you remember, I, I totally forgot about this, but didn't George W. Bush send everyone a check at one point? Do you remember that? Was this like 20 know. years ago? He sent every everybody got a check for a certain amount of money. And maybe it was after 9-11. They were talking about remember, it on the radio. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember it. Wait. Maybe it happened. I don't remember it. Yeah. he. Uh, I, I distinctly recall getting a check in the mail for something like... I don't know, $300 or something like that. Yeah, no, I think I vaguely remember that. Hold on, I'm looking. It was a no, it was a pretty nominal sum though. It was like a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, it wasn't like uh you know, anything that was going to I mean, a lot of people kind of saw it as a just an empty gesture sending checks. Hold on, I'm just looking this up real quick. Sending checks to let's see. Bush economic stimulus. Yeah, he, what was it? It was a stimulus package. It was in response to the 2008 crisis, $250 each. This was the 2009 Economist Economic Stimulus Act. Sent $13 billion in checks. Yeah, and they were about $250, $300 each. More to more than 52 million Social Security and SSI recipients. Yeah, so he did that. I, they were talking about it on the radio. They were like, you know, they could do something like that. Like, 
send i don't i mean i don't know how much sense it would make for the coronavirus but it was to like sort of pay for tests or medical supplies that you need of course 250 dollars is sort of a you know drop in the bucket for that stuff but in any event um he did do that and i guess it was to seem proactive about things so uh I don't know. We'll see what uh, Donnie T and the boys come up with to uh, help us all out in this situation. I think they got to come up with something quick. Everything's catering inward. I don't know. I, I get a little uh, leery about Donald Trump actually doing anything terribly proactive. Anyway. Well, you know what? His, I mean, this is... This is about his re-election. The economy's got to be in good shape. I mean... Even if he looks at it as his, his best self-interest, he's gonna have a he's he's gonna have a tough time with re-election if he doesn't do something or turn this boat around. Yeah, but you know it's it's funny how like how little the president has an effect on the economy. Like you're only in there for four years and out, or maybe eight, and there there are just so many forces that. Like this, I mean, like a coronavirus. Like he has nothing to do with this. I can't blame him for the economy tanking because of this. And you know, the the economy, like uh, you know, decisions made by the executive don't really, I guess, have that much of an impact. I mean, it can seem like that, but the the economy has a tendency to kind of do its own thing, regardless of who's in office. True. True, and, and also, too, the the predecessor to the current president, some of the policies that they put into place might be, you know, favoring or or a detriment to the economy. And that president could be taking, you know, taking uh, ownership of it, saying it was all his his doing or blaming the other president. So it's yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. But there are certain things that the administration can do to quell the fears and uncertainty out there economically and they have not done too much but that, well that's the thing with him like he takes all the credit in the world for the economy doing well but but no blame well he, this is his life story I, I will yeah 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 i mean he takes all the credit and then when things go badly he just shuts it right on to someone yeah, else he, he'll just he won't answer the question he'll just walk off the podium yeah he just and he'll leave Mike Pence standing there staring at the camera, <laughs> wondering what to say about all this. All right, so this week we have coming up, very appropriately, uh, we're going to talk about complaining. Uh, I mean, mm. I love to complain. I love to piss oh. and moan and the world is on Woe is me. Woe, Woe is me. me. No one has as much work or... Yeah, it's, oh, it's just so satisfying, you know. It's How, like a, it's like a a warm, snuggly blanket oh, on a cold night. Man, just bitching and moaning and just crying about, <laughs> and you know, there's nothing going on that everybody else isn't dealing with. But for me, oh god. So uh, there are benefits to complaining, but there are some downsides to complaining too. Surprisingly enough, and we're go we're going to investigate that. Yeah. We're going to delve into that subject, not, pull it apart. Not the least of which is nobody wants to hear it. No one wants to hear your complaining. Well, you know, the sooner you realize that 
nobody really gives a crap no about anything you do i mean maybe there might be a slight interest from your spouse or your parents you might get a little sympathy but a little bit but even even with your closest family it will come to an end there's only so much sympathy very quickly very well i can't think of anything more poisonous to a relationship than when one person complains relentlessly because then it's just yes and then you try to say like well maybe you could think about this and they keep shooting down everything you say and after a while it's like okay i'm done i'm done i don't know what else to say you know i mean people might like a coworker might vaguely care if i complain about something in my personal life but they have their own personal life i mean what are they gonna do you know, well, I mean, sometimes it's fun to, you know, share that c- common complaint. Oh, sure. You know, yes, absolutely. I mean, and, and that, but someone who's always down, right? Who's always, and not only always down, but trying to actively pull everybody <laughs> down to their level. I know. I love people who try to get sympathy. It just makes me <laughs> laugh when they're like, "Woe is me," and he just. And then there are nice people who are like, oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I can't listen to this. Like, I can't. Yeah, well, yeah, there are really nice people that are brought into that Venus flytrap. I know. You know? I know. Like, for me, it's like, as soon as I, I sense that, I am like a magician. I disappear. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll walk off from a conversation. I'll just be gone. Yeah. It just, there's no goodbyes, no see-is. It's just he was there one minute and he was gone the se- the next usually i finish up with oh that's too bad and then, <laughs> and then i i try to deliver that in the least sincere way possible oh, see bad. i don't even i don't need i at best they'll get something like this for me uh yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't even say yeah that's too bad because that's too much engagement i know yeah true i, I just you know but, you know, if you're working in an office and this person sits five feet from you, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's tough. Now, it's tough. complaining could lead to our next topic, which is workplace violence. Uh, <laughs> always a fun topic to discuss, but one we're going to tackle because it is on the rise. Uh, now, this is not always physical violence. I, for one, working with John, have felt very threatened by him many times. Uh, physically, certainly, but also emotionally. You, uh, yeah, you... I, I've, I've not only felt physically and emotionally threatened by Matt, I've felt spiritually, <laughs> spiritually threatened by his, yeah. the best, just his presence. Yeah, it's such a downer. <laughs> it's such, well it's my complaining it's my relentless complaining his, rel- his droning on yeah now workplace when i hear violence i think of a coworker physically attacking me anything else i don't really equate to you know it's like whatever threats obviously you know of people make threats i don't think i've ever been physically threatened by a coworker. Actually, when I worked at Coca-Cola when I was in college, I thought one guy was going to beat me up because of something I said to him. And he was an older <laughs> guy. He was like a union guy. And I don't know. He, 
I said something jokingly and he didn't take it that way. I thought he was going to beat me up in the parking lot. I was kind of looking over my shoulder. Uh, so there's that. Anything else, I mean, you know. But we'll go through how OSHA defines workplace violence and, you know. People are very sensitive these days. They're very sensitive. And we at the working experience are very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. I'm almost too sensitive. I'm almost, almost overly so I was known in college. I think I won a few awards for that, being the most sensitive. <laughs> I was, I was kind of known. They're like, Matt, Matt Kerr? Like, oh, man, that guy's sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Not for my needs, but for other people's. So uh, we got complaining. We got workplace violence. So it should be a cheery week. <laughs> to, uh, cheery. Yeah, no, it's, it's all lock and step thing. with this uh, pandemic that's going to uh, sweep across the nation. Yeah, but then later We're on the up on, and up. In a couple of weeks, we'll get into more side hustles. We want, we want to get back into teaching you how to make money, you know, how to make money. Yeah, gr- yeah grinding. Well, now where, you know, a lot of people are working from home. And you don't got the boss looking over your shoulder. Oh, no, you can tune in. Now it's time to hustle, watch. hustle, hustle. Yeah, watch it. We'll start by watching our videos, the master class. That'll teach you a lot. I'm I'm out there selling bottles of hand sanitizer. That all it is is like you know the squeegee guys. Remember the squeegee yeah. guys? <laughs> it's just water and some dirty soap. <laughs> You you uh you pop the trunk of your car. You got some cases yeah. back there. Hand sanitizer, and it's not it's bootleg hand sanitizer. Bootleg. It, it causes bootleg. chemical burns. On the people. <laughs> but hey, you're hustling. You're hustling. Hey, I'm hustling. I'm moving. Hey, man, I'm always moving the needle. That's right. That's what I like to That's say. I'm moving right. the needle. All right, everybody. We'll stay tuned this week uh, for some scintillating conversation from the working experience. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app. The only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build engage and entertain your audience reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com i would love to hear from you and that's it the end the sweet end until our next audio encounter